Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Standing Room Only podcast. I am Goose. I am here with Keely, as usual. I want to thank everybody for tuning in once again. Um, again, if you're not already uh, following us on Spotify, uh, go ahead and subscribe, download. We are on Apple, uh, Apple streaming services as well, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Apple Music, we should be on. Um, we're also on YouTube uh, as well. Uh, for those, we're on Standing Room Only Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, our social media. We are SR Only Pod. Um, Ely himself, he is also on social media. Myself, I am on social media. You follow me at the Healy Six, and you follow Goose. I am at I Goose with four O's. Don't ask why. And yeah, episode number fourteen, end of January. This is uh, the third month that we've done this. End, end of the third month. Yep. And yeah, February is right around the corner. January's felt like the longest month ever. I don't know if it's just because the holidays and i was on school break for a bit i don't know but january is almost over and i'm glad even though my birthday was this month i'm just glad it's almost over. yeah january i feel like is always the longest month because that's when it like chicago winter really sets in i don't know if you noticed the past few years our winters in december this christmas was like 60 degrees i felt like i was in california but then january just always smacks us yeah. right in the face and it's also because people are anticipating the holidays and the end of the year. Yep. That, like, once it happens, everyone's like, all right, what do we do? Yeah, what are we looking forward to now, and, right? And there isn't anything. <laughs> so the buildup was all there. And it's a busy time during the holidays. You're shopping. You're doing all these random things you don't normally do during the year. So that, that's what makes January so slow. Yes, yes. But anyways, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, we have an episode today. Um, you know, the other day, two days ago, uh, we had some tragic news in the sports world or just in the world in general um, with the passing of Kobe Bryant, um, his daughter and, you know, the the other families that were involved. Seven other people yeah, yeah, in the, the helicopter. Yep, yep. So um, it was tough. I don't know about you, Healy, but... When you texted me that information, didn't believe it, thought it was a hoax, went on Twitter, still thought it was a hoax, but once it all settled in, it was definitely some uh, tough news to hear. Um, it was sad, uh, but, you know, it was a legend in, in, like I said, not in the game, but in, in the whole world, and I think everybody's, you know, um, shown that um, with, yeah. with Kobe, so... We lost one of the greatest players of all time at the age of 41. Uh, super underrated in history. He would have been a first. He's going to be a first he's ballot, be a first Hall, ballot of Hall of Famer this year. Yep. Don't get to hear the speech for that. And yeah, it's, he was in the media so much recently and just. He never really left the game of basketball. He's He's been doing his own thing with like. Uh, he made, he like wrote a book or yep. something. He's worked at basketball camps. You see him on ESPN sometimes, and yeah. just talking basketball in places. And yeah, just tragic news. Uh, one of my favorite memories was his final game, which they replayed last night. I did see on ESPN. that. I did see that. It was awesome. People on Twitter were live, were tweeting as if the game was live. It was great. It was 
awesome to see. I remember watching that game live and just like being amazed at what that guy did. There was a stat I saw today. They were trailing by 10 with like three minutes and 30 seconds left. He had 45 points. He went five. It was like he was exhausted. He went five for five and he was four for four from the line in the final three minutes, 30 seconds, score 15 points and get the win. Yeah. I remember watching that game for one, they, they came back and for two, Kobe did what Kobe does best. He went out there uh, with a bang. He took control. Um, I mean, granted, he didn't have all-stars around him. He didn't have the best athletes surrounding him. It was a very young Los Angeles Lakers team. Uh, But I definitely remember him taking over in that game. Uh, I believe he ended up dropping a total of, what was it, 61 points? In his final game? In his final game? It was 60. 60 on points the on the dot. Okay. So 60 points on the dot uh, to win the game. And and then his speech. The speech that he gave after the game was tremendous. Oh, yeah. Uh, the his, Mamba out. The Mamba out speech. Um, I mean, which we saw was uh, copied over by President Obama as well during his farewell speech. So that mm-hmm. was pretty epic. Um, but that, that, was, that was definitely one of my favorite memories of Kobe. Um, I just remember back in the day when him and LeBron went up against each other. It was a must. One of my favorite games to watch. They lost, but Christmas, Christmas Day, yep. Derrick Rose, Kobe Bryant. Unfortunately, well, Derrick Rose had that game winner. Yeah, but it had, was a battle. Yeah, uh, Derrick Rose. They they stole that inbounds pass, and he had the floater in the lane over Pau Gasol. That was, yeah, that was a crazy, crazy good game. I mean, obviously, being from Chicago, we think about stuff like that. With Kobe, I mean, it's hard. There's so many things on the court that he did where you're like, that's the Mamba right there. Um, the Matt Barnes uh, pretending to throw the ball, uh, and he didn't flinch. Right there, you're like, that dude's got balls of steel. Um, that, his... 81-point uh, game. 81-point game. His his game winner over Dwayne Wade. Like, he won the championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was... The that torn was, Achilles. That, I that think, was a big moment right there. Yeah, I think the torn Achilles solidified um, him as a never-give-up. Like, that solidifies the Mamba mentality right there. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, for people who don't know, I personally have never, ever felt a torn Achilles. It's never happened to me. But from, you know, the history and what people say, it feels like for him to stay on the court and to finish his free throws and hit them, um, that says a lot right there because it's, it's a very painful injury. You oh, can't yeah. really walk on it. So there's so many memories that I can think of. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, favorite memory of Kobe, it's, it's, it's hard to just to pick one. But 81 points is probably one of will always sit up there for me. Um, that was... I mean, I remember sitting there watching the game, and I think I was the ticker kept going for Sports Center. It's like, oh, he's got this many points, this many points. We're like, all right, let's tune in, and he just would not miss. Um, second most in history. Yeah, behind yeah, Will Chamberlain. Behind Will, yeah, so a lot of lot of on the court memories for uh, for Kobe that that I can think of, and um, definitely definitely solidifies him as as one of the greatest. So going back to the, like the Achilles injury. There was like a TNT clip from that season earlier where they were like 
eight games out of the playoffs or something. It was like the all-star break. And Kobe's like, we're making the playoffs. What happens? He goes off. Yeah. And they make the playoffs. He was playing like 40 minutes a game, which is one of the reasons why that injury kind of happened. And he was out for the season after that. But he did enough to make them a playoff team and put them in the playoffs. Yeah, Kobe, whatever Kobe wanted, it's almost like the law of attraction, right? Kobe wanted, he saw it. And as a leader, he's like, how can I get these guys going? And it was all a mental game. And he always explained that. He's like, as a leader, you can tell these guys do better. You need to do this. But he's like, everybody is an individual to themselves as far as how can I get this one guy going? And he always made it a point to get each guy going. And I mean, as you said, they ended up going to the playoffs. They didn't go anywhere, obviously. Kobe wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But just to get to that point, uh, they stepped up for Kobe to continue that run and yeah, I think uh, I that that how old was he when that happened? That he was it was later years. That was what twenty fourteen. It was twenty thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. So he was forty one, about seven years ago, thirty four, thirty five ish. Yeah, that was the the point where his career started, started to go to, downhill just because of that injury. That injury alone, yeah. So, and that's why I'm kind of worried for Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant will be okay. Um, don't really want to bring up other players in this segment right now. Um, but it just goes to show the the heart that Kobe had. Mm-hmm. So, and like so many stories have come out about Kobe, of just what he did. I think there was one time where I heard a story about someone working in like a gym early, or like they would go to the gym at this certain time. It might have been like Jay Williams telling the story. Yeah, it was Jay Williams, and he said like the next day or something, Kobe. Was in, or he heard about it, and Kobe was in there like an hour before him, and he was drenched. Yeah, and it was like five in the morning at that point. Yeah, I was listening to a uh, an interview he did uh, just over a year ago. Forgot what it was on, but he told that story. And Jay Williams, <clears throat> for those who don't know who Jay Williams is, uh, he went to Duke. Uh, he was a guard. He was coming out as one of the best players in the country. Drafted by the Chicago Bulls, uh, he was in a horrible motorcycle accident ended his career basically um but great great player and so the way kobe told the story was jay williams being a hard worker was like i'm gonna outwork everybody but little did he know kobe is one to not be outworked so he went to the uh to the stadium to shoot kobe was already there and he was jay williams was tired he was giving up he left and kobe was still on the court shooting free throws layups threes whatever it was um, so it's not, it's not just myth. Like these guys actually lived it. Jay Williams and all these other guys telling their stories, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, that, that just goes to show the type of player that Kobe was. And it, it, it's beyond basketball when it comes to that. It, a lot of people were thinking, oh, it's sports, but it's not, no, it's not, icon. it's, it's, it's the hard work and determination. It's to say, oh, you want something. Well, you're the only person who can go get it. It's a mental game. Um, if you don't put in the work, how how could you mm-hmm. ever? If you don't have the the input, then where's the output, basically? And that's what he always stood by. Yeah, he influenced so many people in society and uh, motivated them to get out and do what they wanted to do. It was like a lifestyle, and people looked up to him and like the work that he put in. I saw a, a cool video as well. I've seen it before, but it surfaced a lot more after his death. 
of someone overlaying him and Michael Jordan footage, and they have like the exact same motions. Yeah. So like Kobe probably watched MJ and mastered what he did. He was such a good scorer. He's a great scorer. He probably there's a good chance he probably sat in the gym performing every single move that he could. Uh, the move he had to create space, uh, his turnaround jumper. Uh, there's so many other other different moves he would do um, to to perfect not only his game but I mean to help his team win. Um, yeah, one of the things uh, too to mention uh, in the Kobe interview that I was listening to, one of the things he said, uh, which I this is the first time I listened to this interview, he had said something about um, uh, the whole idea is to understand that you'll never be perfect, but to be as perfect as you can be. And he automatically didn't even compare it to any other player's work ethic. He compared it to Beyonce. Not even sports related at all. He's like, Beyonce, actually, after her performances, would go and watch her concert or watch footage of it and would look for ways to do better. And he's like, that's, that's the mentality you should have as a human to perfect your craft. And uh, so that's something that always stuck with me, too. I mean, I, I heard it. Yesterday I was listening to it. Of course, I was looking up a bunch of Kobe stuff, as I'm sure we all were. Um, so that was pretty interesting to hear from Kobe. So, yeah, one thing that I was going to tell you before the podcast, I stopped myself the other day. So we all know LeBron passed Kobe Bryant oh, in scoring for third all time. Crazy. And yeah, the, the night before, and I was talking to some friends, and I was like, you know what? Kobe Bryant is probably the most underrated player of all time because so many people think he's overrated. So many people like put him so much lower on top 10 lists and like just in the history of basketball, they put so many people above him for what he did. And I even like said, I was like, people won't realize that or appreciate him. Until he's gone. And I think I was just like, that won't be for a while. It's just like weird to think about. Yeah. Now. Like he, he, I mean, a lot of people did. I mean, if you, if you look at like people's top tens, he was in it, but it was like nine or 10. But when it came down to the conversation of the goat, it was always Jordan or LeBron, Jordan or LeBron, but there would be those Kobe fans out there. And I mean, mm-hmm. I can, I, I personally, <clears throat> I'm not going to say I, I ever doubted Kobe. I mean, I always said it was one, two, three, no matter how you look at it. And then, you, of course, you have, like, your Magic Johnson and those other legends. Um, maybe he got overshadowed because his first three-peat, he had Shaq, who was a Hall of Fame player, I guess. But then when Shaq was gone, he won back-to-back titles without mm-hmm. anybody. He had Pau Gasol, but, I mean, yeah. Gasol really – I mean, he's good. Gasol was great, but, I mean, he was never – like like Dwayne Wade was for LeBron or some of these other guys. Um, and also Kobe was like right in between the two eras. So like he was in the league a couple years when MJ was in it. Yep. And then he had his own time to shine. And then LeBron came in and he shined and people loved LeBron. So they kind he kind of got overshadowed throughout his career for being such a great player. Yeah, I think LeBron got it and we're gonna see it with in the future with like maybe like Zion. It, it's the hype he had in, in high school and he carried that leap so he came out of high school just like Kobe did 
And Kobe did was great. Kobe was good. After his second or third year, he was an all-star and never stopped. And then, but LeBron had, I feel like, the most hype for a player coming out of high school, more than KG. And everyone loved him. Everybody, like, people didn't like Kobe because he was on the Lakers, and he's already won a couple championships. LeBron was like, oh, he's his kid out of Akron. He's playing for Cleveland. He's the underdog. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I cannot, like I said, LeBron is, like, one of my favorite players next to Kobe, next to Jordan. Uh, not to take anything away from LeBron, but what Kobe did on the court, <clears throat> you got to think, stepped into Los Angeles, into Staples Center. Uh, You're in one of the biggest platforms for basketball, for any sport, uh, any sport in in the world. And he did that, and when Shaq left, he still continued to win. He still continued to thrive. He continued to take his team in a in a conference where an eighth seed would be over 500. He would take them to the playoffs to the Western Conference Finals multiple times. There's a time where he went to the finals against the Celtics and they lost the first year. Went back, they were down three to two, and in the game game five that they lost, they got spanked around like it was nothing. And Kobe had said when they were in the locker room after they lost, he started laughing. And Lamar Odom had asked him, like, why are you laughing, bro? Like, we just lost. And Kobe's like, bro, we just got our asses whooped. And he's like, we're about to, he's like, we just lost last year, and this is our revenge, and we're still getting smacked around. He's like, we're going to change that. They won back-to-back games. Um, that was a three-peat, too. Uh, that was, they won, that was the start of their two-peat. I... The Magic wasn't the first series. The Magic was the first one. For the Lakers? Yeah. Was it the set that was the first one? Yeah. Okay, so then they must have lost. Are you sure? They lost against Boston, faced Dwight Howard, and then the back to back was against the Celtics. Okay. In twenty ten. Because okay. that was when LeBron got eliminated that year. Okay. As yeah. well. Yeah, they won oh nine, oh ten. When did the Celtics win? Oh eight? Oh eight. So yeah, it was it was a two year difference in between, but yeah, they he came back and either way yeah. he won his two peat. Um, but yeah, that that just goes to show like the heart he had. And it, there's like there's a stat that doesn't show. And I always say this for like for basketball or even for football and baseball. There's always that stat that you can't write down on paper for for the, for the heart of a player or for what he does for a team and and gets his guys going. Um, but Kobe was that guy. It was insane. Like the day of, too, they they played games and everything. Trey Young and Devin Booker combined for eighty-one points. They both shot the ball twenty-four times. times. Yeah, uh, they both combined to make uh, twenty-four field goals. Yeah, they they combined for twenty-four field goals. Scored eighty-one points combined. Trey Young was eighty-one percent from the line. Devin Booker wore the number one. Trey Young started off the game in the number eight. Unbelievable, like stuff. I th- there's a there's a crazy stat yesterday too. Uh, who played yesterday? There was there was a few games yesterday. I know when I tuned in, um, I think I saw Boston and the Pelicans played yesterday. Could be wrong. They could have been two days ago, but I know they canceled. They ended up canceling today's game, tonight's game for the uh, the LA. Clippers and the Lakers, which we assume that was they today. That was today's game, yeah. So, but um, and also, uh, did, what is? I was gonna say, did you see a lot of the, the players in the league are 
self-retiring the yeah. 8 and the 24 jersey. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, I know for sure. He's 26 up, now. Yeah, he's given up his 8 number, which it's a class act. Uh, we saw um, the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban said, we're going to retire the number 24. Um, I Do all the numbers, I mean, should 24 or 8 be retired across the league, do you think? Uh, may, I... It's tough. It's definitely tough. I think you will see a lot of teams retire 24. Like, Kobe's been out of the league. It's just he died. He was such an icon, and he's died so young. I think they should retire it across the league. Or another thing that I've been seeing, which would be awesome, is to change the NBA logo to Kobe in it. Take out Jerry West. Put Kobe as the logo, and uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I saw that floating around on Instagram. I saw a bunch of designs. They all they all looked cool. I think the fadeaway one would be the best one, but there's a couple where he's dribbling. I think I saw something where Jerry West, in like an interview in the past, even said, like he he didn't want to be the logo. Like he he was great. He he started off great he's one of the he's best a, players of all time yeah he he's, went one of eight in the finals or whatever who is that this is jerry west we're talking yeah, about yeah he's, it's, he's a pioneer i guess for the game i mean he was great um don't get me wrong kobe is a legend he's great it, it's hard to just say we're going to change the logo and don't get me wrong it's very tragic what happened if they changed it i wouldn't be mad mm-hmm. i would not argue i would not vote against it. i would vote for it should it though it's hard to say um i mean did he pioneer the game into what it is today versus what jerry west has done yes definitely um it'd be interesting to see what they do uh retirement of numbers sure sure i mean he's one of the he's iconic and it goes beyond basketball uh at least one of the two numbers 8 or 24 it doesn't really matter i think 24 is like more iconic for him yeah so yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see both numbers retired. That's just too many jerseys on too many teams. 24 is good enough. Uh, his, like, second half of his career was great with it. Also, like, looking at it again, uh, the numbers that he had in the number 8 jersey and the number 24 jersey were pretty much identical. He won, like, three championships in one. He won two championships in another. His all-star game appearances were similar. His all-NBA appearances were similar. His point totals were similar. And his point totals, like, separate in those jersey numbers is, like, more than, like, 80 Hall of Famers already. He was a Hall of Famer with two different jersey numbers. That's crazy. I mean, that's why he got both retired. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you pointed out five-time champion, obviously three and two with the jerseys. I mean, if we look at his accolades alone, two times NBA finals, MVP, he won MVP once, which he did get robbed. There was one year when he averaged, I think like 36 a game and they gave it to Steve Nash. Why? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. He was good. He averaged like 13 assists a game. Probably the record. It was the record, too. I mean, that team was really, really good, though. Like, without Steve Nash, I feel like they were still a playoff team versus Kobe without the Lakers. The Lakers probably aren't going to be a playoff team. Um, 18-time uh, NBA All-Star, 
four-time All-Star Game MVP. He was first-team 11, uh, 11 times. He was a two-time, uh, second-team, two-time, uh, third-team. He was a defensive first-team like nine times. That's about as Jordan-esque as it's going to get, if not better. Um, and that's one thing that, that you know, um, separates great players versus legendary players, good players versus great players. Uh, not a lot of players who are offensive-minded. Like you have guys like James Harden who could score, um, LeBron even, who has won multiple MVPs. A lot of these guys defensively can be a liability, and Kobe made sure he played on both sides of the ball. And he would guard the main guy. Always. He was always on LeBron. Mm-hmm. He was always on LeBron. He was always guarding the best player. Um, I, did he have trust issues? He didn't think his other, the rest of his team could Probably. do it? Probably. Maybe. But he was <laughs> damn good at what he did, so I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Uh, he was like, I'm going to be responsible if we're going to lose. And so that's what, you know, that, again, that goes back to him being a leader. Um, but accolades were, were nuts. He won a slam dunk competition. That was uh, Kobe with the fro uh, back in, like, 97, 98. I think it was 98. Ray Allen was in that dunk contest. Yeah, yeah, Ray Allen was in it. Uh, as Jesus Shuttlesworth, or Shuttleworth, he, he, um, he came into the league, like you mentioned, uh, in an era that was kind of transitioning. You know, you had the hard-fought grind of, like, the 90s with Detroit and, and Jordan, that whole era, and Kobe had to deal with that for a few years. And, I mean, even going into the 2000s, it was still kind of that way. And he transitioned so well. Um, he came in at a young age, you know, 18. He was a baby. <laughs> he, during the NBA All-Star Weekend, I believe, he went to prom. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> his first year in the league, he went to prom with his, like, girlfriend. Because he was 18. And his girlfriend was a, a senior in high school. Imagine that. That's wild to think about. Man. He was that young. Somebody out there is telling a story like, well, I went, to, I went to prom with Kobe. So There's actually a video I saw of someone go, like, that went to high school with them. And they're like, yeah, here's him in his yearbook. Here's this. Here's the picture I took of him at prom. While and, he was a Laker. And there was a, a paparazzi at the, at the at prom, the, too. It's crazy. <laughs> so draft night, 13th overall. Yeah, to the Hornets. To the Hornets. And they're like, well, we're going to trade you. And they got... Vlad Divac. Yeah. Who was good at the time. He he wasn't bad. Ended up flopping big time. He did. So it was a good move for the Lakers. But yeah, 13th overall. Came into the league. Immediately went to the Lakers. He didn't start off too hot. Not too many rookies do. I mean, maybe in today's basketball, Mm -hmm. in a shoot first type of... I mean, offensively, yeah. But in the system that he was in, um, Shaq, was he there? Shaq came in what year? 97, like right around the same time. I would say maybe not his first year, I don't think. He was maybe second year. Maybe I don't the know year before they won. Yeah. So either way, he was going into a system, into a franchise that was like big on winning. Well, they won it in his second. Mm-hmm. So, so Shaq was. He might have been there that year or like maybe the year he was drafted. I'm not too sure at the moment. I don't know where where that timeline. Yeah, he went fits. to the Lakers in um '96, so he was there. Okay. Yeah, which that was another huge trade too. Or I I don't know. He I might. Was... I think Shaq might have gotten signed, if I'm not mistaken. But he was with Orlando, ends up going to LA. They have Kobe, and then 
uh Shaq and Kobe was like one of the best duos we've ever seen and then you know there was that beef and whose head was bigger than the others and then Shaq ended up leaving and went to what did he go Miami he went to the heat went where to... where he did win a championship before Kobe could again yeah he signed with the Lakers yeah, he signed yeah yeah that was uh and that that Orlando team was really good too but like you mentioned, he went to, to Miami one before Kobe could, but then again, he had flashed. Wayne Wade was like the MVP of that whole playoff. They had a great team. They had Alonzo Mourning. They Alonzo had Gary Mo- Payton. Oh, yeah. They had some Dwayne good, Wade. They, I think they had uh, Damon or Eddie Jones who was shooting lights out from three. They had a good, very good team. Um, it, You know, it just goes to show, though, when Kobe won without really anybody, again, he had Pau Gasol and just some guys to fill in the roster. Um. Those, tell, those two were... Tell the, the Phil Jackson story about the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> so we were talking about it earlier. I was, again, listening to this interview. And Kobe... I have to find the interview. And uh, I'll put it on... We'll post it on Instagram. It was, it was uh, on a podcast. Um, so Kobe basically was telling a story about <clears throat> his, uh, his run. He had nine straight 40-point games, the way he worded it. And he started laughing while he's telling the story. And he's like, well, what's so funny? He's like, well, Phil called me. And he's like, yo, we, you got to dial back. And he's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, you know, Shaq. He's like, okay, like, you want me to dial back for Shaq? He's like, no, it's not that. Um, we need you to dial back because when it comes playoff time and in, in the finals who are basically, uh, I forgot who they were going to play that year. It was somebody who was dominating the paint. And he's like, if you keep dominating, Shaq's morale is going to be low. He's not going to get any points in the paint. And when it comes time to the finals, he's going to be rusty. He's like, we, I need you to dial back. He's like, we're winning games, but I need you to dial back a little bit and let Shaq get the ball. And the way he told the story was like, he was like, at first he was like kind of cocky. It sounded like he was being cocky about it, but he wasn't. He was, he was explaining the mastermind of Phil Jackson and how he's like, it's a mental game. And everybody, you know, again, with Phil Jackson, his whole thing is he's a zen. He's a genius. Um, how can you uh, expand the mind beyond basketball? And how can you utilize that in basketball? And that was one of the things in the way Kobe told the story. It was funny because he's like, yeah, they told me to dial back. He's like, coach, I'm putting up 40-point games and we're winning. Why do you want me to stop? And and then, of course, he went on to say that, you know, they needed Shaq to utilize the paint more. And it, it actually worked in their finals. Shaq ended up doing well. They played the paint against, uh, again, I forgot who it was, but they needed to work the paint because of the defense that they played. So it was pretty interesting to hear Kobe uh, tell that side of uh, uh, Shaq and then uh, Phil Jackson in their playoff run. Not to go like too off track, it's wild how Phil Jackson got to coach two of the greatest players of all time and mass, like, completely dominate. Yeah. He got to coach. Jordan, Le- oh, almost whoa, whoa, whoa! Jordan, Kobe, and Shaq, and some other well, Pippen too, and Pippen, yeah, and some other great players, and Rodman, and those other guys too. Two of the greatest franchises we've ever seen. He's got a total of eleven championships. Eleven championships. That's crazy, and that's why he went to New York and thought he was gonna bring New York a championship. But that's just something you don't do. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you don't do that. Maybe R.J. Barrett might do no. something. We don't know. But, but yeah, that that's pretty interesting too. I mean, Phil Jackson. I, I I haven't heard a statement from Phil. I don't know about you. Um, you know, obviously we heard LeBron 
uh, give a statement uh, on Instagram at least. He posted. Carmelo just posted one tonight. Carmelo, oh, did he? He posted one. I know uh, Dwayne Wade had posted. He was on TNT and Shaq and T Mac. Yeah, Tracy McGrady. Yeah, he was in that era too. He he came out around the same time. Him, Vince mm-hmm. Carter. Um, so it's interesting to see a lot of these guys in their forties, but then you also have like guys that are nineteen, twenty years yeah. old. It doesn't matter your age. You were impacted by Kobe and what he did. Again, on on the court and off the court, everybody wanted to be Kobe. I was never gonna live up to be Kobe, but I guarantee you, uh, in elementary days, when I was turning around shooting that fade with my paper ball, I was definitely yelling Kobe uh, for the trash can. I channeled my inner Kobe, and and it just goes to show, like you know what he did and and who mm-hmm. he was. And I can lie, growing like in high school when I played basketball for like the school and stuff, I emulated my fadeaway jumper to look like Kobe. I had that leg kick and yeah, I tried to make my fadeaway look exactly like because he was so good at the fadeaway jump. Yeah. That was his bread and butter. That's not easy. That's not easy at all. Very few players really uh developed it. LeBron's did it late in his career. He like more towards the second, late second half of his career. Whenever he retires, I shouldn't say late second half, but he just started doing that within the past few years. And that was something Kobe mastered. And, I mean, it's huge. You're creating space. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki mm-hmm. was really good at it, too, and we saw nobody could ever defend MJ Dirk. Too. MJ was great at it. It's such a difficult move, but if you master it, there's no way of stopping you can't. at all. You can't, unless you foul him. Or you just have long enough arms, I guess. Yeah, maybe Giannis. That'd be a good matchup. <laughs> that would have been a good matchup. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. Uh, for the record, I will dunk on Healy any given day. I don't care that I'm. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, it's something that goes underrated about Kobe Bryant is how good he was and like how much of an amazing person he was off the court. I don't know if you saw like a month ago, there was an accident that happened like in a, yeah at like an intersection nearby. He got out of his car and he walked, made sure everyone was okay in their cars. And then he was directing, he was directing traffic. traffic as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was, and the video, I mean, it looked like a major accident. I mean, it was all smoky. And at the time I remember watching it. I was like, man, Kobe's a good dude. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, class act by Kobe. What it like a lot of guys are probably thinking like, shit, there's a bad accident. Let's get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And here's Kobe. Like, Oh, these are humans. These are people like, let's, and obviously Kobe in L.A., I don't know if it was in L.A., but if it was, I'm sure he's like, shit, this traffic's about crazy. Um, that. Did and, you hear about why he had the helicopter? It, yeah, it was to avoid L.A. traffic. Yeah, well, that was the, that was a big reason. He, but, it was during his time with the Lakers and even afterwards with during doing his work, it would take him normally two hours to beat L.A. traffic. This helicopter ride would only take like 20 to 30. So you erase all that time and he would do it so that he could go home and pick up his kids from school. Exactly. And his wife is like, Kobe, I I can go pick them up. He's like, no, I want to do this. I want to go pick them up because as an NBA player, there's some stretches where you're on the road for like two weeks. He wanted to spend as much time as he could with his kids. And that's why he had the helicopter. Yeah, that was, I, yeah, hearing that and 
and putting it all together and seeing him after um, developing that relationship with with Gianna, with Gigi. Um, I mean, just seeing it before the tragedy, I'm like, I like this bond that he has going on. Like he he's like, like really showing off this father figure. Um, and we saw like the the gifts and and the memes recently, obviously before. Um, when they were at the game and she's, he's trying to explain the game to her and she's like catching on and he's like, yep, he's like, yep, you're catching on. You can tell he's like proud in every moment. And that was something that, uh, they explained about Kobe or, uh, Kobe actually would always, always say, Hey, you know, this is my daughter, Gigi. He was always proud of his kids and his wife and whoever it was. I mean, his, his last game, he gave that huge speech giving Vanessa a huge shout out saying thank you for everything you do for holding holding us down um he was a very selfless person when it came to to, to life you know and and it really showed yeah there was a, another interview too i think they asked him like are you going to try to have a boy cuz the thing is is like are you going to have a kid to like try to get your legacy and he's like no i i love all my girls i'm fine with them Gigi, she can do it. Like, um, she can go to the WNBA. She could continue my legacy. I think there is, he was also talking about like when people come up to him and she's like around him and people are asking him about it. And, and Gigi was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. She's like, why can't I do it basically? Yeah. And, and that's, and that, that goes along. Mm-hmm. That, that's Kobe's mentality mm-hmm. right there. And that's, he didn't care. He was so proud of his daughters. And another interview, too, was talking about, like, asking him if he watched basketball after retirement. He's like, no, I didn't, I didn't really watch basketball, but Gigi got into it, and she wanted the league pass. She wanted to watch all the games. She wanted to watch. She liked watching Luka. She liked watching Trey Young, LeBron, and I would end up watching games with her every single night. Yeah. We'd watch whoever's on. She helped him redevelop that love for the game uh, without needing to actually play it. And uh, that, was, that was pretty cool. A pretty cool story. Um, she, she was good. I mean, oh, she, she, was, she was looking great. She, her she, footwork she a, her and footwork, her form yeah. was awesome. Yeah, he was, he was training her. And the thing was with her, she wanted it. Like, this is what she wanted. She wanted to train. She wanted to be, she wanted to make her father proud. And Kobe had said, no matter what, the biggest thing for him as a kid, so he had said um, when he was 12, I believe he was 12, because his dad played in the league. Uh, he played in, overseas, in, in overseas in, in Italy. And so he said when he was like 12, for a whole season, he didn't score a single point. And he was asked, he's like, well, what changed? How did you not, you know, how was your morale not low? You know, and he's like, well, my dad basically came up to me and he hugged me and he said, I still love you. He's like, it's 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 more than it's just a game you know but like you know if you're gonna work work for it and and he was like i use that as a security blanket um to do better he's like i'm gonna go out there and keep doing what i can he's like no matter what my dad's gonna love me what do i have to lose if i just keep trying and trying and trying and then he did go on to say and he's like yeah you know he does love me but i do want to drop that 60 and so it, it took him two years by the time he was 14 he was the one of the best players in in the uh in the country um mm-hmm. that was when his dad came back and played for the 76ers yeah it was why he was from philly yep 
And yeah, going back to like Kobe's playing days, he did some ridiculous stuff. He studied uh how like sharks in water like get seals and like uh yeah, like kill seals. He studied how cheetahs like keep their tail in a certain spot to like for balance, which is one of the reasons why he has that kick in his fadeaway was for balance. He looked up the most ridiculous things of animals and like hunting and you he, he was just thirsty for that. Also he he knew like many languages which helped out a lot in his career, especially probably playing with Pau and like other players. He could speak in a foreign language to uh mask what he was saying from other his opponents and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he was fluent in in Italian and he speak Spanish French and, and French. Spanish. And like last month, uh, when Luca was playing the Lakers, he was like, "I heard someone speaking Slovenian behind me." Yeah, and he turned around and, and it was, was Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, yeah, yep, that was that was crazy. He, uh, yeah, definitely. That's that's interesting. I mean, he he never ever slowed down and stuff. And that that's just like it's the power of of the mind like whatever you want to achieve you can do it and that was something big for kobe and um i mean that's the the heart of a lion right there you know yeah so so many stories you could we could talk about him for i'm thinking about that game winner against the suns again like just replaying that in my head in the playoffs to go up 3-1 and man there's so many so many different stories uh unfortunately i never got to saw him play um I never did either. Yeah. I was I debated his last year, but tickets were just so expensive. They were so expensive. Three hundred so. level is like two hundred bucks, and I was just like, "Is it worth it? Is he really gonna retire?" And uh, apparently, he did. He was very confident with his decision. Um, I I personally want to see LeBron play. Um, so we gotta I, mark our calendar for that. I think I've seen him play. Oh, yeah. One of my first, my first NBA game that I went to was Cleveland Bulls, his rookie year. And after that moment, I didn't know much about basketball at that point. I was six or seven. Yeah. My dad like told me all about LeBron. And after that point, I was a LeBron fan until like he went to the heat. And then I was like, okay, I'll be the Bulls again. <laughs> I'll, I'll rep the hometown team. But like that got me to love lebron initially yeah that whole heat era i think left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths but i think he just needed to figure out how to win one to go back to cleveland and win Mm -hmm. um but but yeah um are we you want to transition over to the nfl Oh, I got one more fun fact. One more fun fact. So, in Kobe Bryant's last game, uh, he got taken out of the game at 4.1 seconds left in the game. He died at the age of 41. That's just wild to think oh, about. Oh, man. All these coincidences. Oh, man. That's that's actually pretty wild. I'm not going to lie. There's, I'm sure there's so many more weird, crazy um, coincidences and... I just want to say shout out to all the teams too. The teams that started the game with the eight second uh, half court violation, twenty four second full uh, shot clock violation. Um, you know, Popovich did it two games in a row because he had to do it against the Bulls as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's just it goes beyond basketball you know the it's it's hard to to show appreciation for somebody you know like they say you know tell if you love somebody tell me love love them uh if you're if you have you know beef or you're having issues with small shit with people let it go like jay williams said his speech that he gave uh on live tv i think probably hit home yeah. the hardest um because he's someone who literally almost lost his life he lost his career but he also almost lost his life he was almost paralyzed in his motorcycle accident and i you know he was friends you know he played with kobe and i think he hit home with that he's like you know you can you can sweat the small stuff you know you gotta let it go sometimes and you just never know you just never know um but but yeah so that that's I think that's going to wrap up our segment about Kobe. Again, rest in peace to a legend. Um, to the families out there, you know, you got to show support for them any way possible. I mean, it's it's tragic, of course, for Kobe and Gigi and the Bryant family, but, you know, the other seven members that were, mm-hmm. you know, affected in their families as well. It, it's tragic. It's something you never want to want to wake up to. So... Right now, um, we're going to transition over to the NFL. The NFL is our last week for now. Yeah, we can briefly talk about the Pro Bowl. I watched about three plays. It was basically two-hand touch football. As usual. They would. <laughs> I saw someone run like a drag route. They got the football, and then someone ran up to him, grabbed him with two hands, and the whistle got blown. Yeah. It. Oh, my goodness. Like They, they brought back the skills competition. I, yeah, yeah, they had that all week, which is pretty cool. F, when I first saw the first one, I was like, that's weird. This player, I don't remember him ever being in the pro. I thought it was a replay. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, this is that. They actually brought it back. They had, um, they had a position player doing the quarterback challenge. Oh, who was it? I can't remember. Oh, they had, they had a, a position player, and he, he was actually hitting his targets, too. Um, I get a kick out of the, the skills competition. Don't get me wrong. The AFC versus NFC is fun because you're getting all these athletes together. But I also don't blame them for going forty percent. Like, yeah, there's, there's. If you go one hundred percent, you blow out someone's knee. You end up destroying a punter on a kick on a punt, uh, aka Sean Taylor. Yeah, you could affect their whole next season. So yeah, yeah, it, it's football is a dangerous sport. Um, I mean, I love the game. It's just for Pro Bowl purposes. Cut the guys their check. Let them show up. Um, obviously, with this game, it was the same day as the passing of Kobe, and you see all the tributes to Kobe. And um, I don't know. They, you can't really take away the tradition, the Pro Bowl. No, like you can't be like, all right, you made the All Star team, and here's your check, but we aren't going to have a game for you. It it's just weird. It, I don't know. Maybe they could make it fun in the future by doing something different. I don't know. It's it's not fun to watch, though. I don't know. I feel like if I buy tickets to the Pro Bowl, that should include the skills competition as well. I don't know if it does. Um, as a fan, to spend that much money, <laughs> I don't recall. I don't watch the Pro Bowl. I watch the highlights. If I, I turn on Center, I'm like, okay, cool. Devontae Adams scored two touchdowns. Why couldn't you do it against the 49ers? <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, but, yeah, so the Pro Bowl, cool. AFC beat the NFC 38-33. to Round of applause. Healy doesn't care. I don't care. You guys may care. I don't know. Um, but that's going to lead us to now the final stretch, the big dance. You want to talk about the retirements first? 
Eli Manning retired. Eli Manning did retire, which, which I thought he was going to play maybe one more year with a different team, but he he had such a long career. He got paid a lot of money. He started getting beat up. Yeah. You know, and he he was up there in age and he he won his two Super Bowls. Um he he did well, I would say in his career. I mean, when you're playing as the little brother to Peyton Manning, it's not easy to mm-hmm. appear great when you have a older brother that's putting up the best numbers out of almost any quarterback but he did enough to win two super bowls and he had two super bowls before peyton manning had two super bowls <laughs> uh he beat tom brady not twice. once but twice um he finished top 10 in a bunch of different yeah he was, he was a good quarterback he wasn't he was above average above, for, uh, yeah for he was above average he was above average is he a hall of famer that's i think he'll get in Eventually, his his stats all time with like being top ten or top six in passing yards. He's up there in touchdowns. He won the Super Bowl MVP. Did he win an MVP in both both Super Bowls? I don't think he did. Um, I think in one of them he definitely did. He so his stats definitely will probably get his stats and his two Super Bowl wins will probably get him in. Um, I. Uh, Talent wise, I don't know. Like, it's it's tough to say. Like, he, like you said, he was an above average quarterback. He didn't really have a whole lot of talent surrounding him. I mean, he had like a Tiki Barber, or yeah, Tiki Barber for running back. He had some other good running backs. He he's had like Plaxic Burris for receiver. Um, so he did, you know, he did enough. And again, he did win two Super Bowls. I would definitely say. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. First ballot, no. But will he get in? Um, I definitely would say he should be a, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, for 2011, he was the Super Bowl MVP. And for 2007, he was a Super Bowl MVP. So he won both. Two-time Super Bowl MVP. We also saw Philip Rivers. He didn't retire, but the Chargers have officially said he will not be coming back next year. So he will be on a new team. What team? Maybe if the Patriots can't get back Tom Brady, they bring in Philip Rivers for a year? I don't know. He's he's smart enough. His arm is garbage now. His, yeah, his, his arm is so weak. Yeah, his his arm isn't as good as it used to be. Um like the the Patriots have a system in which if you have somebody who's smart enough to play the the, the position, they can do enough they can i don't want to say thrive thrive sounds like they're going to break records but tom brady's a little bit different um we'll see i don't i don't know what tom brady's going to do he's yet to announce what he's going to do i don't see him going to any other team um i can definitely see him listening to uh other offers uh to kind of gain uh, an advantage in the free agency to kind of leverage the patriots to give him a little bit more money um, but it would be interesting to see where Philip Rivers goes. I know, I think I read somewhere that he actually bought property in Florida. Um, so do the Dolphins end up going? I, they, they drafted quarterbacks recently. I don't know if what, what Philip Rivers is going to do. I think personally he should retire. I think he's been on a downslope for the last couple of years. Um, that Chargers team definitely had a good enough team to win at least a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know 
I don't know. What do you think, Healy? Uh, Philip Rivers, I know you mentioned Miami. It looks like they have Josh Rosen, who they yeah. traded for last year. They're going to draft Tua, Tagle, whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> Tua, Tua, Tua from Bama. We'll just call him Tua. So I don't see him going to Miami. It's just such a weird thing because a lot of teams have established quarterbacks. and He's so old, but he's not good enough for a team to be like, all right, we'll bite the bullet for a year. It'll be like a Joe Flacco situation where it'll be an automatic bad team that they might draft a quarterback this year and also like they might not be confident in him. They they just need someone to lead an offense for a year. I don't see a team at the moment that has that. I don't even consider the Bears like doing anything with that. It I I don't there's not like a bad team. Like the Chargers were bad. So like that's weird. I don't see him going to like Denver. I don't see him going to the Giants, Miami. The Bengals are going to draft Joe Burrow and play him. Yeah, a lot of there's so many good quarterbacks in this year's draft that the bad teams are going to fill that need and play them immediately. Also, like the Redskins, they got Dwayne Haskins. They're going to roll with Dwayne Haskins. You have to. Haskins is going to come around. I mean, he was a great quarterback in college. Let him at least play through this year. Philip Rivers. The thing I'm worried about with Rivers is he's going to want so much money to be a backup or to mentor some young quarterback, maybe play, maybe he'll play. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure there's a team out there who's like, well, it won't hurt to sign him for a one-year deal as a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, or the Patriots might. If they can't get Tom Brady back. Exactly. Um, I doubt if they keep Tom Brady, they're going to dra- uh, pick up Phillip Rivers. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Phillip Rivers, who knows? He actually didn't even say he's going to play this year. He's still deciding, which, I mean, he's made so much money in his career. He's had a good career, too. Yeah, I mean, even this year he put up 4,600 yards. Um, he also threw 20 interceptions, but who's keeping track, right? Um, so, yeah, that, that'd be interesting to see. Who Did somebody else retire? I feel like... Mm. I, there might have been, Antonio Gates retired, we talked about him before. Antonio Brown might as well retire. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about Antonio no, Brown? No, we're okay. we're good. Not not on this one. Okay. It's funny, like, if Philip Rivers retires this year, because him and Eli Manning got drafted in the same draft class, and Philip Rivers got forced to San Diego, because Eli was like, I'm not playing in San Diego, and they still drafted him. And it's like okay, I guess I guess we'll take back the next best quarterback. Just just give it to us. You can have Eli, and it ended up being Philip Rivers. That's that's also great how both of them actually worked out. Do you think the Chargers have a Super Bowl if Eli says no. I'm going to play with the Chargers? No, I when the Chargers were good, I think Philip Rivers was good at that time he had a few 5,000 passing yard seasons and over 30 touchdowns mm-hmm. Philip Rivers was good he just had a small frame in which he was like considered like almost elite and then he started a down slope and there was a there was a couple seasons where his fourth quarter was so bad his turnovers in the fourth quarter and they just had like injuries like LT like when they were good towards the end of his career he was out for the playoffs I I don't think so 
I don't think so. The The team that Eli was on when they won the Super Bowl for the Giants both times, they had good defenses. Chargers, maybe, maybe the only reason they probably don't have a Super Bowl, like while Rivers was there, one year they had the number one ranked offense, number one ranked defense, and they missed the playoffs. You have the number one ranked offense and defense, and they missed the playoffs. Why? Because their special teams were bad, and it cost them games. Special teams matters. Special teams got to the, the Bears uh-huh. to where they were At, in 05, 06. Yeah, if you want to like see a video on that, SB Nation put out a video on the Chargers, and I think the special teams was only like 2% of their plays, and it ended up costing which That's is crazy. wild. Ridiculous video to watch. I would really recommend it. Number one, number one, and then like last for special teams. You should still make yeah. the playoffs with that. That's wild. I wonder what the record was that year. But yeah, I'm not too sure. But uh so yeah, that's we got that. Um there's yeah, the Super Bowl is coming up. Yeah, this there's, Sunday. There's, there's some there's like a big game coming up. I don't know what it is. People have been talking about it. There's like this Pat Mahomes guy, some state farm guy and uh mm-hmm. and some some Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. The girls are raving about him. I don't know who he is either, but um <laughs> so we got a, a I, what I think is a a good matchup. Yeah. I, last the best year, matchup that you could probably have in the NFL. I pro- I wanted to see Ravens 49ers, but that to be been honest, good, we saw that though. Yeah, we already saw that game and to be honest, I'm going to love seeing this air raid offense go up against this defense and then have the 49ers offense try to match the offensive production that the Chiefs put up. That's what it's going to come down to. This is like whenever Golden State was the best that they were a few years ago. Kevin Durant was healthy. Uh, not Tristan Thompson. Uh, Clay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry, Draymond. Everybody was on, and they're shooting lights out. And it's a fast-paced offense. And how do you beat a great defense? Just keep shooting, keep shooting, fast break, fast break. Pat Mahomes executes. His execution is probably second to none in his short career so far. But then you have Bosa, you have this whole defense, you have Sherman and all these other like Pro Bowl defenders who are going to be coming at Garoppolo. And now you're like, okay. Or I'm sorry, at Pat Mahomes. So you're like, okay, maybe they slow him down, and Garoppolo ends up having a good game like he did against the Saints, um, or does just good enough like he did against Green Bay, and they get the run game going. And there's so many different scenarios that this game can come out to be that I don't see it being a Rams Patriots matchup. No, like, I see at least 20 points scored from each team. Each team, I yeah, I could see it being a 24 to 20 game, a couple turnovers here and there. Um, could even be higher. Like the, the one matchup I'm thinking of is Saints versus 49ers because the Saints defense is okay. They're not bad. And we saw the 49ers light them up and there was a shootout. And so we know Pat Mahomes will shoot out any day. He'll, I don't care how good your defense is. He will, he has uh, Tyreek Hill, Mr. Cheetah Man himself. Um, he has Hardman. Hardman, like the fastest guys. And he has himself. He has himself to do what he has to get done. Is Sammy Watkins on that team too? Sammy Watkins is still there. Which he's underrated now. 
Yeah, well, it used to be over. Yeah, and it makes you wonder, like, is it Pat Mahomes? Is it that Andy Reid offense? Andy Reid, I don't even think he's won a Super Bowl. He's 0-1. Yeah. With the the Eagles. Yeah. He had... Um, he who, lost on a field goal to Vinatieri. Yeah, Vinatieri, and that was the game. That was the T.O. game with the broken ankle. Was that Vinatieri or was that Vander? Yeah. At the time, that was, I think, Vinatieri. I could be wrong, though. That was what, Oh, no, no, no. That was Vinatieri. Yeah. I'm thinking of the Colts, how they had Vanderjack. And, and then Vinatieri they got Vinatieri, yeah. Yeah, which, yeah, I don't even know what happened to Vanderjack after that, those few <laughs> years. It was weird. Yeah, Vinatieri had hit the field goal to put the win. Yeah, he had a couple of those. Um, but, yeah, so, I don't know. I think the spread right now is one and a half for the Chiefs. Healy, who's your pick? After a week of, like, thinking... I don't necessarily know. I'm going to go, though. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. Why? As you've discussed, their offense is just so good. One thing that they cannot afford to happen, though, that they have had in their past two games, they come out slow. If they come out slow to the 49ers, it won't be as easy to come back. That defense especially if they get a lead, that defense is just going to be blitz, 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 and you're going to have no time to pass. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, though. I, I've i been against the 49ers all year. It ha- It's come back to hurt me. I've been unsure of them. I just think the Kansas City offense is just too good in this matchup. I agree. Um just straight up, not even looking at the spread. They're actually giving the Chiefs a one-point spread, so that's, like, nothing, right? Yeah, that's... You can't You can't really, like... The only push is, like, they w- went off of field or something. So you're basically betting straight up. At straight that point. up. Over-unders, 54 and a half. It's a lot of points. It's, it's, they're going to get it. They're going to get I mean, if you look 25 and 25, you're at 50... Mm-hmm. So I guess okay. I, I'd say that's a fair over under. I, I I'm not even gonna pick an over under because I couldn't tell you. Um, it's gonna be close. Chiefs, Pat Mahomes. One Pat Mahomes has the ability to get the 49ers defense on their heels to where it may open up some good draw plays, some good running running. Um, with Williams and um. Uh, I don't know if we're even going to see LaShawn McCoy. We might. Um, we might even see LaShawn McCoy out of the passing game, out of the backfield. But I just feel like Pat Mahomes is going to be able to open up the game. I don't think Garoppolo's going to be able to keep up with Pat Mahomes. And it, it's going to come down. I, I'm going to call it right now. Fourth, co- fourth quarter turnover. Whoever has that last turnover is going to lose the game. And I know that's like, that's like typical, right? You think, okay, quarterback throws an interception, game's over. But I, I feel like it's going to be a very, very close game. Pat Mahomes could easily throw a pick or get hit by Bosa or whoever, fumble. But on the, on the flip side, Garoppolo, I mean, this dude threw 13 interceptions on the season. He's not a saint. He's not, he's not cons- a great quarterback. He's good. He knows how to manage the game. Um. And if it's a blowout, then damn. I don't know. I don't know. If it's a blowout, then damn. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be shocked. I'd be very shocked if it's a blowout. I have one player that I want everyone to watch this Sunday. Not an offensive player. 
defensive. Plays for the San Francisco 49ers. Richard Sherman. I feel like he could have a big impact in this game. He's been great this year. He bet on himself with his contract, went to the 49ers. He had that injury, went to the 49ers. And this year, he has been great. And going up against this offense, we'll see. Do they throw the ball at him? Does he get that pick at the end? Does he is he in the right spot for a pass deflection? He's a big defensive back. He knows how to utilize his height. He does not generally get beat off the line. My only issue is he's older than from when we saw him with the Seahawks. I mean, who does he even cover? Yeah, he doesn't have the speed. He, they're but... going to need a safety, and I'm pretty sure he plays the zone a lot. Mm-hmm. They're going to need a safety over the top. Tyreek Hill, and the thing is, even if you have a safety over the top, you have Tyreek Hill who's so little and fat. He's going from sideline. He's running almost like a post. It's like a cross route to the other sideline, but towards the end zone, and it's it's hard to keep up with guys like that. Um, the tight ends. I'm excited oh, yeah, to see Kelsey the and Kittle. I'm excited to see the tight ends go at it. I mean, this is the first Super Bowl where I think we've had two arguably the best tight ends in the game going at it. It's basically just been Gronk in the past. It's always Gronk. It's always Gronk who just knows how to use his body. We've had Jimmy Graham way back in the day. Um, but yeah, Kittle versus Kelsey, two of my favorite players in the league, just so happen to play the tight end position very well. Kittle, I like his style because he's a he's a team player. He's the type of guy to be like, okay, he's good at blocking. He's very good. He'd say, yes, the coach, who do you want me to hit on this play? Who do you want me to pick up? He's not asking for the ball on every play. But when he gets the ball, he's so athletic. He knows what to do with it. So I think overall, that's what I'm most excited for is the tight ends and to see uh, what Pat Mahomes does. Yeah, we both pick the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the San Francisco 49ers. If I'm you excited. If you're a 49ers fan, sorry. like They can it, win the game. It's a tough decision. Yeah, this here. is tough. I, I'm not even saying blowout. Like, the 49ers could easily be on the flip side and mm-hmm. have that one-point spread. You know, I just, we, we don't know. I just think the Chiefs in general, they're the team that has the best chance to come out on top. This is the team that beat themselves last year, would have won the Super Bowl last year. It's a revenge season. Pat Mahomes came back from his injury, did not look back. Nobody talked, I said it, nobody talked about Mahomes. Everybody's riding the Lamar Jackson horse, which I was, I was. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even then throughout the season, I'm like, nobody's really talking about the MVP from last year. The guy who can literally hit a target 20 yards downfield without even looking at him. And this is his moment. I think this will be the game where we're like, okay, Pat Mahomes is the future of the league, even if he still here but we're gonna see him win um 49ers are gonna be good for a while they have a young talented defense they have a young talented offense so we might even see these guys again um down the road but definitely going with the chiefs and uh we're gonna put a poll out uh we'll put a poll out on twitter on instagram um we'll share it on our personal accounts i want to hear everybody's feedback i know a lot of people traditionally are like let's go niners 80s 90s my brother, I cannot. I want to somehow deactivate his social media because all he shares is Jerry Rice and T.O. back in the day. And he's like, he was a big 49ers fan. And so for him, he's just all, if you're going to be watching the game with me, Healy, you'll see. He'll have his 49ers gear. 
it, it's it's crazy. Uh, there's a lot of 49ers fans, and so it, I know right now. I think if you look at it, it's probably the the poll on Yahoo's like 55 45 for the Chiefs. But I don't care about that. I care about our pool. Whoever's listening, tune in, and I want to hear what everybody has to say. Um, yeah, Twitter, Instagram. Um, let us know. So pretty much moves us over to the baseball news. Not a lot this week. Uh, well, Dusty Baker, new Houston Astros manager. Oh, Dusty. Yeah. Wow. We talked about him in a previous podcast. Yeah, Dusty Baker. He uh, he's been around a while. I think that's maybe a good move. I guess. I mean, they needed somebody. Obviously, um, he's stepping into a huge role. A huge role. And it's going to be a lot of media attention this year as well. He's not just like, okay, their manager's gone. No, he's going to be stepping in, and there's going to be questions the whole year about cheating, and he's he's managing players that were on that team. He can he has a chance to give respect back to this Astros team because on I mean these this team okay they did cheat don't get me wrong they're they're cheaters they're not they have talent though and I think if they can if he can at least get them close then fans can say okay you know what we got rid of you know the, the coach and the gm we got rid of the bad guys and, and made sure that they don't have any video cameras right this there's year. no cheating okay let's give them some respect back you can't take away the fact that they did cheat during their world series run they'll never hear the end of that that'll always be there salty yankees fans uh dodgers salty fans, dodgers fans. It, everybody's going to be salty about something at least for the next few years but dusty baker stepping into a huge role right now this right here can, I mean, make a, a huge imprint on his coaching career. I mean, obviously, he's coached some great teams. He's coached the Giants. He's coached, coached the, the Cubs. Cubs for a while. Teams, the Nationals. Yeah, yeah, Nationals. The Reds he did okay with. Yeah, he was all right with the Reds. The Reds had, they were kind of up and down. They've been up and down. Uh, but we're going to talk about them next. But, um, but yeah, it would be interesting to see what Dusty Baker can do for this team. The big signing. For this week, I hate saying it, the former Chicago Cub for about 60 games or so. It was great. Signed a four-year, $64 million deal with the Cincinnati Reds. He goes to Great American Ballpark, which is one of the best hitter parks in baseball. I hate seeing that. That lineup is so good. Great pickup by the Reds. And they could potentially be favorites for the NL Central now. Before it was like, before even the signing, it was them and the Cardinals for one and two. Now it's probably right, them. I, the, the Reds are looking great. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, well, how does one player make an effect? Well, let's look at a guy who, I, if I'm not mistaken, led the league in doubles or was top three in doubles. He had like 60 doubles or he something. He had a lot. And that's a huge stat. That's a okay. The guy before me walked. A double drives in a lot of runs. Mm-hmm. If there's a guy on base, he did play at Comerica, which is a big outfield. A lot of those doubles would have been home runs elsewhere. He did well in Wrigley, though. Yeah, he was awesome in Wrigley. He was great. He had great energy too. He loved being a part of that team. And the Cubs are like, yeah, we aren't going to dish out. I hate that. I hate yeah. it so much. And they and and then he goes to a division team that's on the rise. Oh, so terrible. 
In his contract, though, he has a, an opt-out after year one. He's making $16 million, so I think it's going to depend on, one, how the team is and the team structure after this year. Two, how he performs, because he could opt out and get the money. And uh, three, I think it will depend on if the DH rule gets put into the NL. Yeah. Which, at the same time, he's already on an NL team, so it doesn't necessarily matter. He'd just be the DH of the Reds at that point. But the big one is, like, for himself and uh, just getting more money next year. Because if he plays very well, he could opt out and get maybe 18 or 19 mil and get, like, another four-year contract. He, I'm predicting Nick Castellanos to opt out after he bats a solid 290, 280. With like 33 homers, 40 doubles. 107, 108 (laughs) RBIs, which is good. He has a lot of people in that lineup that he could drive in. Add to your resume. As a player, what can you add to your resume to increase that payroll, uh, that, that incoming cash into your pocket? For him right now, you don't give a guy a a four-year contract with a one-year opt-out option. That one-year opt-out option is basically like, hey, we're giving you a chance to step step up and uh, show out. And the thing is, say they go to the playoffs and the Reds are like, shit, he's going to opt out. Even if they win, win or lose, he's going to opt out. They get to the playoffs. That's more reason to keep that same team and build on it. He's going to get way more money no matter where he goes. If he stays with Cincinnati, they're going to throw more cash at him. If he goes back to the Cubs, just kidding, they don't want to spend money. If they go anywhere else, he, they're going to throw money at him. So mm-hmm. looking at this lineup for 2020, is, they're looking Especially nice. with the Mike Moustakis signing. Yeah. Joey Votto, if he could be decent. Shogo, who I think will be good. They don't have any fast players that are going to steal a lot of bags, but you don't. You don't need that that in today's MLB. You don't need that. You just need guys that can rake. Yeah, Eugenio Suarez, Moustakis, Castellanos, Aquino, and there's a lot of talent on this team. So, might not be the year for the Cubs. Not looking like it. They signed Steven Souza, and they signed Jeremy Jeffries today. Shout out to them. Okay. (laughs) Shout out to them with those two amazing signings. That combine for probably $1.4 million. Hey, you know what? It's a great day to be a Cub fan. All right? They signed two players. The Reds only signed one. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, at least, yeah, in today's, in today's perspective. Yeah, right? So, so yeah, we had that going on. Um, I think that was pretty much the last big free agent. We've been waiting on Cassianos for, since day one. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much the last one. I can't name anyone else off the top of my head uh we could talk about there is speculation and talks that in 2021 the dh rule could be universal what do you what's your first thoughts on that the dh or the nl adapting to the dh what are the carlos and Branos of the world gonna do there's pitchers out there who like to bat who like to strike out and break bats over their legs. Um, no, there is, it's tough. It's tough. It's, it should be even. It should be fair on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I know tradition 
it speaks yeah. loud and dh and the al has always been a thing um i think of like pitchers like edison bumgarner and guys who can really hit and in the playoffs i think in the world series didn't john lester John Lester's hit a couple home runs in his career. I don't even know if he's done it in the playoffs, but there's pitchers out there who pitchers go up against. And Travis Wood hit a home run. Or Travis yeah. Wood hit a home run. Okay, that's who it was. But it's because you have pitchers who are like, oh, I'm going to pitch over the middle to this pitcher, and then he smacks a home run. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll it make baseball more fun to have the DH all around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm not against it. I'm not either. I... I'm an, a National League fan. I like how the game plays with, like, the strategy that goes along with it. And, like, I like it being different. It's the only sport in North America and pretty much all that has differences. A, a different rule in its game depending on where you play. Yeah. You don't see that in basketball. It's not like you go to a Western Conference game and they have a four-point line. It's uniform. No matter what the sport is, it's generally uniform. Um, I mean, if you compare, like, basketball, like, college versus NBA, yeah. But if you're talking about a league, baseball is the only one that's different. That's mm-hmm. the only one that's different. And that, that's the only thing I wouldn't want to change about it. Like I said, I, I enjoy the non-DH. You like seeing the pitchers here and there. But for the game to grow... I think this change is necessary from an entertainment value. Baseball in all sports is an entertainment. People pay to watch the games. They want to see a lot of action. You get 15 more DHs on teams. That's 15 more big hitters that can extend their careers and play, and 15 more guys that will hit home runs. Last year, pitchers that had 10 or more at-bats in the year had a combined total of a 300 OPS. So on base plus slugging, 300. That's not good. <laughs> DHs last year had an OPS of like 800 something. So there's a 500 OPS gap in between. And yeah, you get you see a home run every once in a while. But that guy's hitting 150 on the year. Yeah, maybe Zach Greinke hit like 210 last year. 210! So, are you kidding me? In your eyes, who has the advantage in the World Series, the AL team or the NL team? I... Does it go either or? I feel like... There isn't necessarily like an advantage, though, because both teams play with the same roles at that point. Fair enough, but I feel like as a playing in the AL, you can strategize. You can play with your DH and know. Versus, well, I, mean, I guess that's why there's interleague play, right? So the NL can play in AL stadiums, and mm-hmm. then they'll play with their DHs. But I feel like there might be a little advantage. Like if, if AL has the home field advantage, right, in Game 7s in AL, and then they're like, okay, we've been waiting for this lineup. This is yeah. the lineup we're going to run with our DH. And the NL's like, shit, well, we have a big hitter on the bench. Let's throw him in. I mean, sure, it doesn't always work that way, but... yeah. It- AL teams are more offensive oriented because you put the best nine out there and you get a DH here and there. NL teams are mainly like, okay, you'll have guys on the bench and it's like, okay, he can go in for this position if we need him to. There's a lot of double switches. A big thing about the NL removing 
or adding the DH, people were like, well, there's so much strategy in it. Like, are you going to leave the pitcher in for this out? Or are you, you going to take him out because he comes up the next inning? Or it's like, are, are you going to let the pitcher hit? Like, let's say there's a guy on first base, there's zero outs. It's a tie game or, or you're out. Of the eighth. Yeah. Or you're up. Well, even like the sixth inning. Sure. Because pitchers get taken out fifth, sixth inning. I saw someone tweet out, Paul Spore. He tweeted, there might actually be more strategy when there's a DH. Because in an NL game, you're like, okay, he's coming up. We'll take him out. No problem. In an AL game, you have to focus on them. He's not going to come up to bat. You have to make sure, like, is he done for the day? Can he go an extra couple innings or, like, get that extra out? You have to focus on can they go more instead of, like, oh, what's the team? Like, what are we going to do with the team? Yeah, you got to focus on the offense. you got to make a decision, a pitching decision based on your offense versus how is he doing in this game. That is interesting. I, I think I would be okay. Yeah. With uh, the game going uh, strictly to DH, yeah. I wouldn't be mad at all. There's going to be a lot of people mad. Uh, that's the thing with history and us as humans. It's change. People hate change. It's It'll happen. We have no control over it, so I'm not going to be mad. I'll embrace it. Give me Kyle Schwarber as a DH. Sign another outfielder. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take it all day. Yeah. And it's... It's just something to change the game and try to make it more entertaining from a fan perspective. Get you to go to the ballpark more. So, yeah. I, if you guys have any thoughts on that, tweet at us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that that's always been that's been a big topic of conversation as to what if, like, will will they? Should they? Um. Yeah. If you guys are listening right now, definitely give us your feedback. Uh, we'll definitely uh like to stay interactive on that that topic specifically, um, because this it, it's not something that would be implemented this year. It would be next season, uh, twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. So yeah. not this year. This year's the three batter minimum. So relief pitchers have to either face three guys, or they have to finish the inning. So that's going to be interesting. This year. that's tough. Mm-hmm. That's a weird rule change. Do you like it? At first, I didn't necessarily. It's definitely going to be odd. It, people are going to be a little weird about it early on. I don't, I'm, to be honest, I won't be able to tell you until I until see it, it in happens. action. Yeah. You, you just know that now you won't have those lefty guys that come in for one out, which baseball, they're trying to reduce like the amount of time that's not spent being played. And a lot of times in the past, you spend five minutes on a commercial break for a pitching change. That guy gets one out, and then another five-minute break. So yeah. it's to remove that. Yeah, baseball. Exactly. Yeah, baseball is notoriously a long sport. Which, in a sense, it lasts as long as other sports. It's just, it seems longer because it's not a constant moving back and exactly. forth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, baseball. There's, I think that's pretty much it for baseball. There's, so we had the signing, we had rule changes, uh, new head coach in Houston, um, which leaves us to transition over to the NBA. Um, of course, we did talk about um, Kobe Bryant earlier, um, and the NBA. There's not 
really too much going on. They, I mean, obviously, minus the, the tragic news, shocked the NBA. Um, one thing that I did point out last week uh, was the return, uh, the debut of Zion Williamson. who 18 points in like three minutes yeah, or he so? he scored, I think, like 12 straight points or something. He scored like so many straight points, and he hit, he's hitting the three ball. Like, I've never seen him shoot before. He jumps, like, two inches off the ground. Yeah, he's, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. He, uh, he literally can, he can fly through the, through the roof. In game two, he had a block that oh, sent the ball into, like, I the saw fifth that. row. Um, he just is very smart. He sees the play breaking down, and he can see it happening before it actually happens. And he got over for that block. And I don't know if he, he, I don't even think he's had many other blocks. And this, he's playing his third game right now. I was actually following his stat line. He's uh, 14 points, nine boards. Uh, they're about to win by almost 20 points on Cleveland. Is it a huge win? Not really. But it says a lot that this New Orleans Pelicans team is 18 and 29. They're fifth in the West. And they just got Zion. Fifth? In the Southwest. I'm sorry. Oh, fifth oh, in the Southwest. Okay. No, they're, in the actual West, they're, they're four and a half back yeah, out of the playoffs. out of the eighth seed, exactly. Which something funny that I saw was last year at this point they were five and a half games back, and AD was on the team, and they were like, "Oh, like trade AD and all this." And this point in the year, they're four and a half. They're in the same position they were last year, but their team's so much different and so much younger. So much younger. So much younger. And like I said, they just got. Zion back. They have Brandon Ingram, who's starting to blossom into a pretty damn good basketball player uh, in the league. Drew Holiday is already good. Uh, Derek Favors is playing center tonight. He's he's not bad. I think you know he's he's had he's got a few years under his belt, so he'll be good. Um, they're they're only a few pieces away. Two years for sure, they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Dame Lillard went off last week. He averaged fifty points throughout the week. Yeah, yeah, he had the huge game that we talked about last week on uh, MLK uh, Day um, when he dropped sixty, sixty-one 61, points, sixty-three. Yeah, something um, around there. Yeah, he's he's obviously balling out. He had another fifty-point game throughout the week mm-hmm. too. Yeah, he's he's to me is like hands down. If you need a point guard to put up just strictly score and his defense is okay it's it's not it's nothing special but he's definitely one of the best scoring point guards in the league uh, when it comes to shooting the ball next to like Steph Curry and I guess Westbrook but Westbrook his cold streaks are horrible um so yeah so Dame Lillard had a good week um we have pretty much uh, Boston played against the Pelicans two nights ago and the Pelicans won they beat Boston, and Boston wasn't really hurt. Uh, Zion, that was the game Zion had that huge block, and they played oh. in Boston too. Um, so it, it's interesting. The, the league is um, getting more towards that all-star break, and uh, as you mentioned earlier before the podcast, uh, the trade deadline is... Next week, next Thursday. Next Thursday. So we will be seeing trades before then. Unfortunately, the podcast... We'll probably miss out on a few big ones because a lot of them come at the deadline. Yeah. So next Thursday is the trade deadline. Also next Thursday, Pelicans come to Chicago and play. Might have to go see a game. Yeah, might have to see young Zion and Lonzo and that that young Pelicans team play. 
and uh, our our playoff bound team, the Chicago Bulls, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that that was pretty much the highlight of the week for the NBA. Uh, nothing, nothing crazy again. Nothing. Besides, I don't even really like want to talk. I don't want to talk about. I don't even want to talk about basketball either. It just you know, uh, with, with the, the the tragedy that just happened on Sunday and and uh, Kobe Bryant and. And just the whole league was shocked by it, and you know, obviously games are getting canceled and uh, whatnot. But um, but yeah, just wanted to touch base with the return of Zion. That could be the next potential great that we're gonna see. Um, so wanted to touch base there. Yeah, that'll pretty much do it for the Standing Room Only podcast episode number fourteen. Fourteen. Fourteen episodes. Fourteen weeks. Wow. You can follow us on. Instagram and Twitter at SROnlyPod. You can follow us on YouTube. Uh, if you guys listen on Spotify and Apple, make sure to subscribe yes. and download every single episode and leave us a review on Apple. Uh, that helps us out a lot. It'll help us out uh, going up the, the boards. And you could follow myself at the Healy6 on Twitter and Instagram yep. and pretty much any social media. Yeah, uh, he has a YouTube channel as well. Make sure you follow that. He does content. Uh, he creates content for uh, the MLB, MLB The Show. And then, of course, myself. I am on Instagram at iGoose. That's with four O's. Uh, like Healy said, go ahead and uh, follow uh, Spotify, uh, Apple. Um, leave a review. You think we're good? You like listening to us? Boom, five stars. If you don't like us, let's hear about it. Let's talk about it. Sue Wu. Yeah, we will see you guys next Wednesday. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Yes.